Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me. It's Toby. Um, oh, Toby, new guy, um, good friend of mine. Uh, we work together at U92. But Toby, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying my evening. How about yourself? I can't complain. Can't complain. Um, good card on uh, Saturday. I don't know if you you would agree with that, but that's what we're here to talk about. Um, so first fight we're going to talk about is on the prelims. Um, Toby, I'm sure you saw this. It was when uh, Hernandez slammed uh, Bonder into the ground. That was, and it was a a technical decision due to the fact that uh, they slammed heads on the ground. Even though I thought it was a perfect throw, and I don't think it was a headbutt. But but in the the ground and pound was brutal afterwards. So that was something. Yeah, I thought it was a TKO. I mean, I've seen plenty of slam finishes like that where you know, guys collided heads, but uh, like Dom was pointing out on the commentary, how can you say definitively that he wasn't already out from just being slammed on the back of his head anyway? It, I thought it, it should have been a finish. I thought they took a lot away from him by giving him that technical decision. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure in Uncle Dana's eyes, that's a finish. So maybe maybe got a couple bucks under the table for that. That was crazy. Um, yeah, it was a great performance too. I mean, it yeah. was a great fight and I thought, Especially after coming off his last performance, I thought it was a really good uh, bounce back for Hernandez. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty dominant win, 106 total strikes to 82, 102 significant to 76. So he showed out, man. Um, maybe hopefully a new insertion of talent in the flyweight division. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But this was interesting. Uh, Dan Argetta versus Ronnie Lawrence. So – Ronnie Lawrence was on bottom. I think he was in a mounted guillotine or something like that. Yeah. And he was about to tap and Pete, Keith Peterson, no nonsense, Keith Peterson, stepped in a second too early and stopped the fight. So I think it was a no contest. Yeah, maybe we should call him alcohol and cigarettes, Keith Peterson, from now on. But Oh, yeah. Dominic Cruz, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of weird, you know. His hand was definitely in a weird position. It was kind of like doing this motion. He looked like he wanted to tap. But Peterson grabbed his hand and pulled it into a tap. I didn't think – I thought he was going to, but he clearly did not. And so I think it was the right decision to overturn that to a no contest. But just a weird move by Keith Peterson there. What a what a perfect time to have Dominic Cruz on the commentary team. <laughs> I know. I know. He stayed pretty professional, though. And then he gave Peterson props in one of the later fights, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he still hung up about that Cejudo uh, – yeah, I mean, I can't say I even agree with him on that one, though. I think that he was kind of on his way out. The only thing I'll say is it was near the end of the round. So Yeah, I'll give him say. that. But at the same time, I think it was 12 unanswered uh, significant oh, yeah. strikes. He was getting beat up. Yeah. yeah, he was getting beat up. But uh, I did not catch this fight. I was at work. Um, but I do like Nicholas Dalby a lot. I think, I think he 
I think he's pretty good. I mean, Muslim Salikov isn't a slouch. I mean, he put Fialio out, I'm pretty sure. Um, Fialio is a savage. Um, but this was, this was a fun fight. Um, yeah, this, from this what was I a heard. banger, man, for sure. Um, Dolby's the guy who's going like the whole time, but it works. I mean, he's got fantastic cardio. Um, his work rate is super impressive. He was mixing in some takedowns. And Salikov is a pretty good wrestler himself. Got, you know, obviously he's a Dagestani guy, but I thought it was a great performance. He's on a three fight win streak now. I think he deserves somewhere like either top 15 or right outside of it. Yeah. Say. Let's take, let's take a look at the rankings. Um, Michelle Pereira and, um, Stephen yeah, Thompson are fighting. Yeah. You got Gary and uh, Jeff Neal. Oh, that's a banger. We could talk about that um, at the break at, when we get done with that. Kies is fighting. Uh, who's he fighting? I don't know. I just oh, the leech. He's fighting the leech. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I looked up too. I think Neil Magny's got a fight. I think he's fighting Phil Rowe coming up soon. Oh yeah, he's fighting Philly Rowe. Um. Everyone in the welterweight division is booked except one, two, three, and four. And, and give him the title shot. <laughs> yeah. Hell, hell, give Shavkat the title shot. I don't. I, yeah, I, at this point, I'm for it. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, yeah, I think I think we, uh, Dolby's gonna have to wait a little bit uh, for some movement because um, Kevin Hall is not gonna want to fight him because he's not a name. Um, no, yeah. So. Ooh, Ponzinibbio might be a good fight. You know, he's right on that at the edge of the 15. I think that's a good fight. You can do Ponzi. You could do Alex Morono. I don't think he has a Ooh, fight booked. Yeah. That'd be a Mar- cool matchup. I, I want here's my thing with Morano. I want to hear Morano like uh, at like the commentary table, like after the fights. Because he his fight IQ is oh yeah. <laughs> light years beyond most. And it's off the charts, man. He I mean, he's a great coach too, but shout out Alex Morono, man. I didn't expect to talk I, to him. I'm a, talk I'm a big Morono guy. I love I Alex. I am Marano. too. He's I mean, got a he weird, unorthodox style. His punches have come from very weird angles, but I think he's a really, really talented fighter. Yeah, he subbed um, Tim Means in his last fight, right? Yeah, yep, got a guillotine. Yeah, that he, he's he'll be. I think when he retires from fighting, he'll find the most success as a coach. He's phenomenal. But yeah. Manuel sure. Torres versus uh, Nicholas Moda. Look, if you were looking at this fight before this. You knew this wasn't gonna last long. These guys like to just get it over with. Mata, he was on throwing. He was actually on this podcast. Um, oh, wow. a little disappointing that he lost, but you know, that's just he the was, fight game. I mean, he looked good. He was looking good, and I know it's you know it was only lasted like two minutes, but he was landing a lot of yeah. hard strikes, and he's landing a straight right, very um, very well the whole fight. I mean, look, eight wins by knockout, seven first round finishes, I, and then yeah. I think. Torres has finished all of his all, almost every one of his opponents. So yeah, and thirteen first round finishes, like all of his finishes have come in the first round. But that elbow over the top, right on the tip of the nose, that was awesome. That was that was a thing of beauty. I mean, these guys were going at it for the minute fifty it lasted. Yeah, that's one of the most brutal elbow finishes. Really one of the most brutal finishes I've ever seen, just period. I mean, it reminded me a lot of uh, Calvin Cater when he stepped in on Jeremy yes. Stevens with that elbow. But, I mean, man, what a shot. He timed it perfectly. He didn't even need to follow up. I mean, Mata just dropped. But, man, what a finish. Yeah. What a fight. Yeah, what a fight. Um, don't count Mata out just yet of anything. But Torres has a future no, in this no, division. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's, he's pretty tall, very tall and lanky. Yeah, he's how got tall a, is good he? range. Yeah, let's take a yeah, I mean. Yeah, five uh ten, and then he has a six two, six about six two reach. So yeah, he's he's set up. He's a big guy, pretty lanky, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pat Sabatini, man, he came out and did his thing. I mean, he how how much control time did this dude have? Because, um, I don't even get they don't even put the stats on UFC. That sucks. And look at those he striking had numbers. Six. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, to only twenty, but he was thrown on the ground and pound, and then he got the arm triangle. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he 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 put on a grappling masterclass against Lucas Almeida. Yeah, that was a very aggressive fight by Sabatini because I know a lot of people kind of criticize him because he doesn't finish a lot of his fights. But, you know, he came out, he was super aggressive, uh, lots of ground and pound, and then got that sub. I mean, it was a it was a great performance, and he needed it after that loss to Damon Jackson, like that quick, quick loss to Damon Jackson. So it was yeah, a good bounce it, back. Yeah, I mean, Sabatini's a fringe top 20 guy. So I think, you know, let's take a look at the ranks because I'm interested to see isn't Caceres coming off a loss uh I'm not sure I or, think he or, won or his he, last he fight just, he just beat Pineda that's right yeah uh, yeah Barboza I mean those up there I mean you know maybe someone like Sadiq Youssef I don't yeah. know if he's got a fight coming up that'd be an interesting matchup yeah lots of there's lots of potential for Sabatini Luke Salmeida I don't know where he goes but we'll see all right, I like Armin Petrosian a lot personally. I think he's a fun fighter. He's very, he's not fancy with the kickboxing. He's very, he's he's a simpleton when it comes to his striking. Christian Leroy Duncan, on the other hand, um, <laughs> I mean Petrosian timed. I mean, Christian Leroy Duncan doesn't project much when he throws, but Armin Petrosian read a lot of it. And he he picked him apart with just straights. It, it, he didn't really do and do anything crazy in this fight no, i, I think go ahead. Go, man i was gonna say you know it's, it was impressive i mean uh cld he's very dangerous he throws a lot of unorthodox techniques that can catch people off guard and i thought like you said petrosian was picking it up well he's got a good eye good defensive eye yeah he and i think i think the difference is christian leroy duncan started fighting maybe 10 i think 2015 when he stopped playing basketball yeah. I think yeah. Petrosian's just been doing this forever, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like you you see so much, and when you've been doing it a long time, it, it just comes more naturally. But good win for Petrosian, man. I like him a lot. Yeah, for sure. All right. So Armin Sarukian had one moment where I got scared because uh, he got caught with a straight right from Joaquin Sil- Silva. But this was just domination the whole fight outside of that. I mean – Took him down. Everything. It was, it was a masterclass, honestly. And shout out to uh, Sarukin. He didn't have to take this fight. <laughs> he, no, had, he had no business taking this fight, in my opinion. Um, no, an unranked guy who's super dangerous too. I mean, Joaquin Silva, his last fight, he had that like lead flying knee, which was incredible. I mean, this guy against Jesse Ronson, like he is very, very dangerous. Packs a lot of power in his hands, and Sarukin. He should be fighting top five, top three guys at this point, but it seems like you know they just don't want to pick up the phone. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame them. Let's take a look at Armin Sarukin real quick. I mean, 
Surkin's kicks are great. His boxing's mid, I guess, but he doesn't need it. He doesn't need to do that. He just needs to learn how to get it. I mean, Demir Ismagulov isn't a bum. I mean, dude, I think Demir Ismagulov is arguably like a top five, top 10 guy. I mean, he is super, super talented. Those guys like uh, Kudutalatse, Ismagulov, Gamrot, I think that's like the real top five right there. Yeah. You know, because Poirier, Chandler, Gaethje, they all kind of just fight each other and they're talented. Don't get me wrong, but I think this new breed of lightweights is just far superior to them. And so his win over Ismagulov is like really, really impressive. In my yeah. opinion. I mean, the way he handled him on the ground, I mean, and Ismagulov is really good on the ground too. That's oh, the yeah. thing. And, you know, you could say all you want about this Matoush Gamrot result. It was a close fight. You, you could, you could definitely argue Sarukian won. I think if anyone was to win four rounds in that fight, it was Sarukian, but yeah, he Gamrot got a knockdown. Showed. I think if I remember right. Yeah. I think he did get a knockdown. I think, I think it was a spinning back fist that knocked uh, Gamrot down. But if you like, if you haven't seen that fight, go back and watch that fight. It is awesome. It's a banger. If, if, if you like, if you like, this is now this is crazy. But this might be the most high level skilled fight I've I've ever seen when it comes to skill, when it comes to grappling, when it comes to striking. If you're an MMA guy, and you just have, if you or you recently got into it, or you want to show somebody a fight. Show them Sarukian versus Gamrot and how awesome it can be. 100%. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I could talk about that fight all day. Um, but let's take a look at the rankings real quick. Um, I think Darius should be next for Sarukian, man. I mean, it, it, it's a good fight for Darius to realize to prove that the Charlie Alves fight was a fluke. Shout out Charles Oliveira, by the way. Whew. Whew. Monster. Monster. The champion uh, has a name, man. Stu Brock. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it's maybe. Maybe. You might get back. October. Though. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, Gamrot's right there. Uh, has he? Does he have a fight lined up, Gamrot? I don't think he does. No, I know um, Arma was talking about either Chandler or Darius because he's really convinced that uh, Connor and Chandler aren't going to fight. And honestly, I I. I'm the same way. I don't think Connor and Chandler are going to end up fighting. I, is Connor even in the USADA testing pool? I don't think he entered. Nah. So maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be the first pay per view to open up 2024. Who knows? Maybe, Who knows? but I think the Darius fight makes the most sense. You know? Yeah, I I think so too. And I think I'd love to see Sarukian grapple with Benil Darius too, because yeah. that's something I want to see. It's super intriguing. Darius has like really good takedown defense he's very very strong just like a physically strong guy it's hard to take him down and yeah, look at how down. he's built <laughs> i mean his stand-ups are insane so i think it'd be a really big test for Armon. and i think it would really if he wins that it's a title shot next because it proves that he can beat many different styles of fighters and the chandler fight you know what does that really prove i mean I think he could probably just run through Chandler, to be honest, at this point in his career. <laughs> and, I mean, that's like the thing with Chandler. So, someone put the – I saw this somewhere. I don't remember where, but someone said, Ilya Taporia is Michael Chandler if Chandler used had a fight IQ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think it's wrong. No, so, no it's a good assessment. Like, like Chandler could really do damage if he wanted to. It's just he decides to swing and bang. And he I think can, he can mix in wrestling if he wanted to. But. Yeah. 
but doing that against someone like Armin Sarukian. Oh well, yeah, maybe not yeah. against Armin, but <laughs> it's not, that's not going to work. Certainly in the Gaethje fight, I mean, you know, he's just walking forward, just getting chinned over and over. He would have won that fight. He probably was uh, going to be up two to one, but he was just walking forward, eating bombs from Gaethje. So. Yeah, and then you watch uh, Chandler in the Poirier fight. Um, just explosive takedowns for no reason. That's what led to the submission. Like, Poirier is like the la- outside of Charles Oliveira, Poirier might be the last guy you want on your back in this division. Yeah. So it's eh, Chandler's interesting, but I think Saruki and Darius has to be the fight to make. It has to be the fight to make. No, I agree. It makes no I'd be, sense. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if that wasn't the case, but. I got a question for you, man. I don't know if you have the answer. What is Marvin Vittori's chin made out of? This, this, this it doesn't uh, make sense. Granite, he, titanium. I don't know, man. I mean, he got hit with some nukes. Hold on, let me find this. I'm gonna pause my share real quick. But I someone mean, he, set me. He may speed. have the best chin in UFC history. I mean, Jared Cannonier broke the record for most significant strikes landed in a middleweight fight. I yeah, mean, he did. It, it was like the fourth most significant strikes ever in any UFC fight. I mean, Vittori just—he's got a huge head, can just take <laughs> a lot of punishment. <laughs> yeah, he does have a big yeah. head. I don't I know, I the Costa fight where uh, he just took that head kick clean, shin to the side of the head, just walked through it. And this was Costa. This was at light heavyweight too. There, yeah, that was two hundred four, oh, two hundred five. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, shin to chin, but this is one of the best videos I've seen all day. Hopefully you can hear it. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good description of uh, a Marvin Vittori chin. Um, but he took, that's not the only like straight right hand he took the whole night. Oh, he was no. consistently eating them. And... I, I was just in shock. I've never, I've never seen a man take that much damage, and he wasn't even didn't even get wobbled. That's the thing. He just kept going. It yep. doesn't make sense. The the only fight I've ever seen and had the same reaction to was uh, when Tony fought Justin Gaethje. I've never seen anything like that. But you know, this fight was on par with that. It was close. I mean, Cannonier was battering him. He just was landing bombs over and over. Inventory just. Just ate him to his credit. I mean, he definitely lost very clearly, but to his credit, fantastic chin. Yeah, I'm. And I think people underrate Vittori when it comes to. This. I, I mean, I think Vittori. I'm surprised Vittori didn't try more grappling in this fight. Um, I thought that was interesting because I think Vittori has an underrated ground game. Um, I think also, I know it was against Kevin Holland, but I think Vittori has the record for most takedowns in a middleweight fight. So yeah. He's got good grappling. I mean, he looked pretty good against Carl Roberson on the ground. I just think he was really gassed for a lot of that fight because the pressure that Cannoneer was putting on him was crazy. Especially I mean, in the second round. Dude, Cannoneer's gas tank is unreal. For is. his side, a guy coming down from heavyweight to light heavyweight to middleweight, just for the amount of uh, muscle mass that he carries, it's pretty incredible how how much cardio he has. Yeah. It's like a Kamaru Usman, like just a big, huge, muscly guy that somehow has incredible cardio. Yeah, yeah, round two. I mean, 94 significant strikes, 82 significant strikes, rather. Yeah, he was, and then, um, yeah, he was, they were pretty even at distance, but on the ground in the clinch. Well, no, they're not even at all. 195 to 148 yeah. in favor of uh, Cannoneer. But Vittori won that for, I, I still 
I mean, the thing is, Vittori's on the right side of 30 still. Yeah. I, I think he still has a lot to go. Um, I like Vittori a lot, man. I really do. Um, but Cannoneer, man. Um, here's the thing. You know, we look at Adesanya, right? He didn't do anything to Adesanya. I, I think just Adesanya is just on another level when it comes to his striking. Now, does he make it boring? Yes, but he, he completely negates everything they do with his footwork. Yeah. Like sliding in and out of range, stuff like that. So he, it, he has a way of just completely nullifying his opponent's offense. Like yeah. people say, oh, well, like they're not throwing anything. Yeah, because he's constantly fainting. He's constantly moving his feet. It makes it so hard for them to set up any type of offense. Yeah. And let's be honest. If, if you if you want to go and try to get the most significant strikes against an opponent in a, in a fight in the middleweight division, Marvin Vittori is your guy. Yeah. He just stands there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not going to get knocked out, so he's just kind of like a punching bag. Um, but I'll, I'll say this about Vittori, man. Um, I was on the fence about Vittori, but when he fought Paulo Costa, when he absolutely did not have to, I don't think I don't think you would have blamed him if he said, "No, nah, I'm not fighting you." Like, yeah. no. Why would you take that fight? That's nah, one yeah. Vittori gained my respect, and I still have a lot of respect for that dude. Um, but let's take a look at the rankings real quick. Let's talk about Vittori's next matchup. Um, loser of Whitaker Duplessis. Yeah, you could do that for sure. I mean, he might have to fight down, you know, like Gastelum or Imavov, someone like that, possibly. Yeah. Oh. Imamov was looking great against Chris Curtis. That's... Yeah, yeah, Imamov was looking really good. He probably deserves a pretty high-ranked matchup. I know Gastelum, I think he was talking about going down to 170 again, but, I mean, he had a lot of trouble making 170, and he's older than he was then. I mean, the thing is, it's not It's not like he's just a muscular dude. He could he could yeah. shred a couple pounds. Like, he could. No offense to Kelvin Gastelum, but I think he would even admit that. I think he even has admitted that. Yeah. But, Ooh, I think winner of Strickland versus um, uh, what what's his face? Who's Strickland fighting? Uh, I don't know who's. It's uh oh, he has an upcoming fight. Oh, uh, huh. He does. I'm not tripping. He does have an. I think it's the the next fight card. Uh, not this week's fight card, but uh, next week's fight card. Yes, Magomedov. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Abus Magomedov. Abus, yeah. That's so weird. That's a dangerous matchup, man, for yeah. Strickland. Yeah. They're trying to feed these top middleweight guys, like Costa fighting um, uh, that under – what's that guy's name? It's the guy who uh, is, who's only lost his Hamzat, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what's his name? He's He's really good. He's very yeah, he's, that that is a super dangerous matchup. Oh, Ikram, Ikram Alaskarov. Yeah, that's a. I think he. I think he sent uh, Phil Hawes to the shadow room, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was a <laughs> that brutal was, one, man. That was brutal. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think Strickland versus um Abus Magomedov. I think the winner of that could fight Vittoria. I think that's actually not a bad option. And shout out to Sean Strickland. He didn't have to take that fight. Um, no, definitely not. Yeah, lots of... Uh, and then Cannoneer, he's in a weird spot. Because honestly, if he waited around for a title shot, I wouldn't blame him. Because he... After that performance, I say give him the title shot. Uh, oh, for after, sure. Hell, 
he didn't take damage. Why not put him up against Izzy in September? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, who's he going to fight though? Pereira is moving up. Whitaker and Duplessis are fighting. Costa's got to fight. Strickland's got to fight. He's already fought Brunson. He's already fought Strickland. He's already fought Hermanson, Gastelum. Like, he's really got nothing to do but wait for a fight to open up. I mean, there's just no open matchups for him right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people want, I don't think people are itching. <laughs> For the Adesanya Kenneer rematch or anything, I can't say I am, but I'm not I, either. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think after this performance, I think he deserves a title shot, though. You know? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Do we want to see him in the title shot? <laughs> no. Should he get the title shot? I, I, if if he got the title shot, I wouldn't be like, "What the hell? Why is he getting the title shot?" I'd be like, "Makes sense." Yeah. But the weird thing is, Duplessis and Whitaker are fighting. July 8th, and then they Adesanya is going to fight in September. But unless Whitaker, which, let's be, let's be fair, he could easily get Duplessis out of there quickly. Duplessis is the most phony top six guy oh there's ever been. Someone think, has to say it, man. Someone has some, to say it. I, I had to say it, and I think one of us was going to say it eventually because – he was gassed against Derek Brunson. That he was gassed. So for some reason, Derek Brunson didn't show up. I don't know where he was on the cardio end of it. Like if you're that, and then Till, like that, that was I mean, Till didn't even show up. I, and I don't, I don't know what that was, bro. And he couldn't get Till out of there off a torn ACL. Man, <laughs> it, it's just pure it. luck. This guy has risen up the rankings to number six. And I hope to God. Robert, uh, look at me, man. Robert, please, please do something. Duplessis might be the most overrated fighter in the on the whole roster. I mean, this guy, his wins, like I said, over Tavares, Till, and Brunson, like he looked terrible in all of them. I opinion. not not to say he's not a good fighter. He's not high level. He could definitely beat me up, obviously, but he's just not a top five, top six guy in the middleweight division. I don't think he's even top ten. Like. It, it, and you said he's overrated. I don't even think it's that. He he is he is no, no reasonable MMA fan thinks he's a great fighter. Like we, the MMA community on Twitter just craps on him <laughs> all the time, and it's like he's not he's not good. He he if he if he, his punches he's just, he's winging them. They're not even form fit practically. And then I don't know what he fought old ass Derek Brunson. <laughs> I don't I mean he basically has no technical abilities. He's just a big guy who is strong and is tough. And I respect that, but he's just very average. Like you know some guys are very well-rounded. They have good skills everywhere. He's just very mediocre everywhere. Decent <laughs> wrestling, decent strike. You know, he's he's a decent fighter. Yeah. Is he I a mean, title challenger? No. He shouldn't be. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> well, and he, this is interesting. I, I'm looking at his um record he's had five fights in the ufc he came in um on fight night marais versus sanhagen it sanhagen showed out in that one yeah great um, knockout great knockout uh marlon marais thank god you retired finally <laughs> finally you should have stayed retired but he beat marcus perez trevin giles brad tavares darren till and Derek brunson <laughs> I mean, the only one of those fights that impressed me a little bit was Trevin Giles. I think that was a 
it was a decent knockout. You know, he caught him with a big straight right. But other than that, he just hasn't – nothing stood out to me. You know, there's nothing that's been overly impressive. I, yeah, I've never been like, oh, man, this guy could do something. Yeah. No. Especially it, not against Izzy. I mean, Izzy picks him apart easily. Yeah. Easily. And the thing is, he's just going to stand – is he just going to do the same thing he always does, stand on the outside, throw some jabs, some body shots, maybe feign a takedown. Yeah, and what and I you know what? I don't want I don't want Whitaker to lose. I really don't. But if Whitaker loses, I want them to put that fight card in like Lagos, Nigeria or something, and just have the most hostile environment for Duplessis possible. Because I just because is Izzy might finish the dude just because he's mad at him. I think that's the fight that's honestly tailor made for Izzy to get a finish. It'd be a lot like the Paulo Costa fight. You've got a guy Duplessis who's just plodding forward very heavy on his feet i think izzy would chop his legs off and i think that would really open up body shots like body kicks i think that would open up the head too i mean i think izzy would get that guy out of there in a couple of rounds truthfully i agree so uh so this is our only like our second episode second episode in the past few days but before that we hadn't recorded in a couple months because lots of things going on in my life and in Jarrett's life so there's things that we got to discuss here toby uh, Uncle Dana came out last week, announced three really good fight cards. Uh, let's talk about Gon versus Spivak real quick. Um, I think this is a good fight. I was I was hoping it'd be Pavlovich, but I think Pavlovich is going to hold out. He should hold out. But Spivak's not a bum, dude. That's a tough fight for um, Surreal Gon. And it'll, I think it'll showcase how much um, Gon's takedown defense should should improve. <laughs> over the course yeah. of these past it will have been six months since the jones fight so i think i think it's a good test yeah it's an intriguing matchup i mean we're gonna see if gone has made the requisite adjustments that he's needed to because after the fight against john the fight against francis i mean he's been embarrassed a little bit on the ground and like you said a guy like spivak he's no joke man he's got pretty good ground skills and he's a big i mean anyone at heavyweight can knock anyone out so he's obviously a threat on the feet too but that grappling is really where Gon could run into some problems. Absolutely. It's it's intriguing for sure. Um also, so Nashville fight. Um this is fun. Uh Luque versus Dos Anjos. Whoo, this is a heater, man. Uh Luque got his chin broken um last time, sadly. Um Luke, all right. Before the Jeff Neal fight, legendary chin. On Vicente Luque, this dude could eat anything. It was insane. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, one of my favorite finishes of all time, Luque. Um, I believe it was Randy Brown that he fought, and Randy Brown just throws a spinning back elbow. It lands right on Luque's chin. He just takes it on the chin and throws a right hand and knocks out Randy Brown. It's like he literally took pretty much as hard of a shot as you can take a spinning back elbow. And then knock the guy out. I mean, yeah, Luque, I, mean, I have so much love and respect for that guy. He's been one of my favorite fighters forever. His fight with Barbarena, with Wonder Boy. I mean, this guy is just pure entertainment. It was honestly sad to see what Jeff Neal did. Like, I have a lot of respect for Jeff Neal. It was kind of sad to see that happen to Luque. But I think this should be a pretty fun matchup, too. Yeah. Shout out Jeff Neal, man. Um, shout out Jeff Neal, for sure. Shout out Jeff Neal. I love Jeff Neal. Never in a boring fight. No. Maybe against Neil Magny, but outside of that, fun. I think that Shavkat Rachmanov fight might be the fight of the year so far. That was awesome. It's fantastic. Hey, shout out Safe Saud too, uh, his coach. I love that camp yes. down there, Fortis MMA. You know, I think they've got a great team down there. 
Sayud is yeah, Sayud is an Fantastic. underrated coach, man. He's especially Fortis is underrated camp. Um it's a great camp. Um, and if you look at whom Jeff Neal's lost to, he, he lost early in his career. Uh, but Kevin Holland, Stephen Thompson, Neil Magny, Shavkot, you can't go wrong there. But um, yeah, Luke versus Dos Andres is going to be awesome. Dos Andres' skills, I think you could, his chin is gone. I mean, that happens when you get old. But his skills have not diminished whatsoever. Um, I mean, he, he he almost beat Fazeev, but he just got caught. Um yeah, he's but, a well-rounded guy. He's got good submission skills. You know, he submitted uh, Nico Price, um, submitted a couple of guys. Uh, he's pretty well-rounded, you know? Yeah, it, he's he's great. Um, the UFC should uh, get their promoter license revoked after making this matchup. Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie uh, headlining in Singapore. Why? Just just, yeah, who, ju- just why? Who wanted this? I mean, who's excited for this? I, I saw some people saying like, oh, what a banger. Yeah, you mean Max Holloway murdering the Korean <laughs> zombie and literally killing him in the octagon? Okay, if that's what you want to see, I guess. Sure. I mean, the thing is, it's like Holloway was like, I think after the Arnold Allen fight. Now, that's a great fight. Go watch that if you haven't. That was awesome. Arnold Allen cracked. I don't know how that chin's still alive, but we'll see. Uh, Holloway versus Zombie. Holloway was like, the Zombie's the only one from my area whom I have I haven't fought yet. And then Zombie's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you are walking toward destruction. You, if Volkanovski pieced you up as bad as uh, now Volk's great. He's best, most re- well-rounded fighter in that division. Holloway's boxing is better still, but it, it, look, look matchup-wise, this is terrible. I mean, look what Ortega did. I, ever since the Ortega fight, that's when I knew Zombie was really going downhill because Ortega's striking is not elite. We'll just it say improved. that. It's improved. Yeah. But it, it is still not on the elite level of someone like Holloway or someone like Balkanovsky. No. And for him to get pieced up like that against Ortega, man, I just do not see any path to victory and, for and Zombie. And got the title shot off a of Dan Ige win. Um, I mean, oh, it's just... Danny gets very good, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but dude, this is it's. I think back to like the strike. I think Volkanovski's way of striking negates a lot of what Holloway does because Holloway likes to fight. He, although his arms are short, like five nine wingspan, crazy, it's very weird. Yeah, he he does like to fight at range and just keep you at a distance. And Volkanovski likes to stay it in the pocket. Zombie can do that, but he does like to. St- he does like to stay out there a little bit, and he does punch. He he's more calculated. I, I don't. I, I just see Max Holloway jabbing him like the whole fight. Yeah, and the thing with Zombie too is that he's so boxing heavy. His whole stance is just revolved around a high guard, pressuring forward. He walks forward like a zombie, but that only works against certain opponents. If you've got a guy like a diverse striker like Max Holloway, he's going to kick his legs off. There's, I mean, I, I don't see Zombie making those adjustments like he hasn't he's never made those adjustments anybody who's fought him and that has beat him they've targeted his legs and targeted his body and he's just never been able to adjust to that i agree um but yeah that i'm i'm going to be on my knees and praying that something doesn't something bad doesn't happen in calling singapore on (laughs) august 26 because that is i I hope he just pulls out or something and just you know scrap it you know what would be awesome hear me out I don't want zombie to get injured, but let's just say, you know, something happens. 
Um, he can't fight. Taporia just dispatches of Josh Emmett like quickly, first round, second round. And then Taporia is like, you know what? I'm going to come in and fight Max Holloway. I would, I would, I would fly to Singapore for that fight. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. I think Taporia, I think he's got a good shot of dispatching Emmett pretty quick. Yeah, he does. This, I remember after Taporia did terrible things to Bryce Mitchell, um, they're like, let's put Taporia up against Korean Zombie. That's, I'm like, do you want Chan Sung Jung to perish in the octagon? Like, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't a game. <laughs> no, no. Taporia is, oh man, he's such a monster. And people forget how good his grappling. I think he was, people were reminded with the uh, Bryce Mitchell fight, but he's a grappler by trade. That's what he started off as. He's got fantastic jujitsu and his striking is obviously incredible. Yeah. I think what ground my gears about the commentary during the, uh, which fight the uh, Mitchell and uh, Taporia fight was Rogan's like, he's going into Bryce Mitchell's world. I'm like, dude, dude, look, look what he did before the UFC. All four of his knockouts have come in the UFC, man. You can't, yeah. you no stop. And he was, he was ragdolling him even before that uh, knockdown. He was just picking him up and tossing him around. So it's like, yeah, he, yeah. he, man, he looked, oh, I can't, I can't wait for Saturday, man. We're, we'll talk. We'll, you, do you want to preview that card with me, man? Yeah, we can preview it. Sure. Hell yeah. So we'll do it. Um, but Tapori is a scary man. I mean, that Jai Herbert knockout where his eyes are just like Ugh. rolled back. I mean, that's a, you know, what's crazy about that too. He threw that left hook to the body. Herbert countered with a beautiful left hook right on the chin and Tapori just ate it and then just landed the overhand right. Especially after that head kick. Um, yeah. Like how do you, how do you, that's what I want to know. How do you survive that after that head kick? Uh, that that was crazy, but look, I'm gonna go over this. Uh, this card is a lot of fun. I hope it sells out because it's this is a banger of a card. Back in Jacksonville, Florida, I think this is the last time they'll be there for a while. Um, all right, so a couple matchups. Um, Brundage and Dumas are now uh, opening the card. Uh, Dumas got man, he got destroyed. Who did he lose to? He got destroyed by Josh Friend. He got. Oh, yeah. Shout out Josh Frem, man. He was on the podcast as well. Great guy. Pittsburgh. Yeah, shout out Josh Frem. Shout out to Josh. Clayson, Clayson Rodriguez versus Tatsuro Taira. That's a fun fight. Man, yeah. this card is great. Top to, I didn't realize this. Jack Jenkins, Jamal. Oh, my gosh. I see uh, they're finally giving a favorable matchup to Zalga Zumagulov. Listen to these guys that they've put um, against Zumagulov. Yeah, Ali and Paiva. Amir Albazi, Manel Kopp, Jeff Molina, Charles Johnson. Like, they are just do not want this guy to win at all. But they're fi- he's they're, he's fighting Joshua Van, who I'm not too familiar with. I mean, shout out Joshua Van in the UFC debuting. I don't really That's know. That's a who tough you are. debut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zuma Golf is legit. A lot of his losses have been split decisions. And I thought yeah. he won some of them, to be honest. Yeah. And the, the Beatles haircut might. Uh... Yeah, might carry it. That Tabitha Ricci versus Jillian Robinson. Now, I'm not a Jillian Robinson fan. When she was at Flyweight, I I think I, I a little overrated. But what oh, what what Cashweta did to Jillian Robinson, gouging her eyes out. That was terrible. Yeah, I don't know why she wasn't cut. But Tabitha Ricci, man, that's a fun fight. Especially, sure. in, I don't. I like women's MMA, but I don't say many fights are fun fights. I don't know why. But this this one sticks out to me. This will be fun. Yeah, Two, I think 
I mean, two great grapplers for sure. Joanne Robertson, her grappling is legit. It's you know? she could win competitions, like yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's an awesome fight. And you had mentioned great haircuts. Uh, Trevor Peak is on this card. One of the you know straight up bowl cut Trevor Peak, but he's pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, he's not the most technical guy, but he's got a couple of good uh, KOs, and he always comes to fight. So I think he was uh, yeah. you know, Trevor Peak is just, fighter guy, or he was on a contender series. Maybe he's one of the two. But Trevor Peak, man, I mean, if you guys just like bangers, this is your guy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, wasn't he the guy who came out and was like, I, I, he had like some great post fight speech, but dude, Trevor Peak. Yeah. If, if you're interested, fun fight. But Matash Rebecki versus uh, Loic uh, Razabov. That's a fun fight. Um, Randy Brown. Ooh, Wellington Terman versus Randy Brown. That's a good fight. That's a banger, man. I, I was so high on Randy Brown. Unfortunately, he got matched up with uh, Della Madalena, and that's just. You know, what are you going to do about that? But he was on a four-fight win streak before that. He had some really, really solid wins. I'm a huge Randy Brown guy. But, you know, I mean, this is a tough fight, too. Wellington Terman, um, I think he's, like, the main training partner of Glover Teixeira. I mean, you know, he's he's got some good wins in the UFC. Definitely dangerous on the ground. So, it's a tough yeah. fight. Yeah, uh, just to gloss over, because we're going to do a full episode on this. Neil Magny versus Philly Rowe. I think Neil Magny's just trying to get another win. Uh, I think Neil Magny has the most wins in the welterweight division ever. So, yeah. uh, Brendan Allen, Bruno Silva, banger of a matchup. Onama versus Gabriel Santos, banger. Austin Lane versus Justin Taffa, that's, that's a fun fight. Uh, Amanda Hibas versus Macy Barber in the flyweight division, that, that's a fun fight too, man. And then... Yeah. Macy Barber's making flyweight? Jeez. That's going to be... I don't know. No, she's, she's, does she she's always, always fight flyweight? flyweight? Yeah. Oh, wow. She's were, so... were you thinking strawweight for a second? I don't know. I feel like... Hasn't Macy Barber... is 11 just... at, straw, at strawweight and, uh, and 9 at flyweight. I feel like Macy Barber's just had some weight issues. Yeah. Yeah. She, I'm pretty sure she has. Um, Josh... But Josh Emmett... Dude, this is... I have been looking forward to this fight... Ever since they put the pen to paper on the contracts, I've been you. You guys know I've been talking about this for months. This is dude, someone's getting finished. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, no, this is a great matchup, and I think if anyone's gonna get finished, it's gonna be Josh Emmett. Like I respect Josh Emmett. He's got some fantastic knockouts. You know, over Michael Johnson, one of the best knockouts ever. Ricardo Lamas, one of the best knockouts ever. But I think he's a little bit overrated in terms of skill level. Like when we're talking top five guys in the featherweight division, he's yeah, very one dimensional. Sure. Yeah, I mean he 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 was a college wrestler, so it's like, why don't you do some offensive grappling? But it's interesting. But especially Josh Emmett's thirty eight, man. Yeah, <laughs> the I mean his weight cuts look like the most brutal ones in the in the oh, promotion. Man. Yeah, he's such a huge guy. He's not really tall, but he's just so. So much muscle that he carries. He's beefy, man. Um, but I guess a 26-year-old <laughs> Ilya Taporia, bro. I it's so crazy how young Taporia is, too. Yeah, he has yeah. a he's a he's a three-year-old too. He's a kid. That's wild. Yeah. <sighs> he's got a very uh, brave. I cannot believe people are talking about him versus Patty Pimblet. Like, get out of here with that. <laughs> Imagine the, the things that he would do to Patty Pimblet. After the Jai Herbert fight. I was like, oh, this this dude would do 
egregious things to Patty Pimlet, and especially after the Bryce Mitchell fight too. I'm like, he did he ragdolled arguably the best grappler in that division, and he did horrible things to him. I don't know, dude. But we'll we'll talk about this more um, when we get back on here, and we'll we'll discuss it after. But one more thing I want to talk about: Amanda Nunes, man. Um, I wanted someone to discuss her with. I I I honored her in the last episode, which I did solo. But I think that um, it, there's there's no Toby. You can agree, there's no discussion who the best is ever in women's MMA. There, there, oh yeah. There's no argument whatsoever. I don't even think in men's there's an argument either. It's John Jones. Yeah, uh, but, I agree. But you could you could you could talk about the steroids, which now under new current USADA rules, when he wouldn't have popped. So can't say much now. But that we're talking about Amanda Nunes. Juliana Payne might be the most delusional fighter to ever be on the roster. And I honestly think her delusion is what helped her winning in the, um, the first Amanda fight through the fact that she is, she has so much self-confidence, which I respect. I am an extraordinarily confident person myself that she truly believed that she could beat Amanda Nunes and Amanda Nunes was coming off COVID. It was a, it was a perfect storm. And then yeah. Amanda Nunes did terrible things to her. 53. Yeah, <laughs> People yeah. are like, she didn't finish painting. I'm like, she didn't have to, she proved everything she needed to prove. She was knocking her down like in cartoon fashion, like the way she was falling down. It, I mean, she beat the living crap out of her. When but. when when Penny was flurrying forward with the punches and just Amanda Nunes steps out of range and just throws the right oh hand. My God. Ooh, oh man. Chef's kiss. But Pena just disrespecting her when she was retiring. I'm like, you do realize this woman has nothing. Absolutely if it was a close second, okay, she has something else to prove. But there's nothing There's nothing else left for Amanda Nunes to prove. And, guys, she's staying retired. Don't. She, there's no way she – she was happy. She's very content with the decision, clearly. Yeah, why and would she come back? There, no, no, there's no reason. Nina Nunes isn't coming back. A whole, I think Annex said something along the lines of she's considering – I'm like, no. They have plenty of money. They will get more money because Amanda Nunes is just going to be an ambassador for the sport and stick around the sport and coach. Well, they have a um, kid too, right? Yeah, they're having another kid too. Yeah, so and John Anik dropped the bomb. This is Amanda Nunes' egg and need to answer off. <laughs> Got, gotta love Anik bombs, but Anik says some of the most out of pocket things sometimes. It's pretty hilarious. You ever seen that clip of him where he's like, This is uh, I forgot who it was, but he was like, You know, they're both going through some custody, tough custody battle. battles right now. It's like, Why would you mention that, John? One of them was actually pretty happy, but he's like, Hey, man, I, I, I want some support. I'm like, Shoot. Uh, and honestly, if don't say something you don't want on air in fighter meetings true so, no exactly exactly uh but amanda nunez man i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up amanda nunez real quick um this is important i, I mean truthfully i think nunez has been the female mma goat probably since the cyborg fight you know she's been the best for a long time and that like 40 second knockout of cyborg that was like oh wow yeah you know, that's really impressive so she lost her first mma fight against Anna maria not even a can't even pull up a Wikipedia page. Uh, Alexis Davis uh, lost to Alex. She had Alexis a tough Davis. start to her career, actually. Yeah, she did. Alexis Davis is a legend. Um, um, fought for the bantamweight belt. Not a bum. Um, no, no, she was good. Although that was a terrible game plan that she had against yeah. Ronda Rousey when she fought for the title. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. She just went into the that was 
crazy. That was like a 20 couple second finish. She just like slammed her 25 second finish and then just a couple of punches and she was yeah. out. And <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Sarah DeElio, um, not bad either. Cats uh, and Gano, not bad either. She fought for the title at one point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she did. Uh, and then only other loss was Juliana Pena. Yeah. And I'm not, guys, we're not saying Pena's a bum. It's just the, 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 the discrepancy in skill level is just so large. <laughs> if you look at Pena's record, it's like win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. She's not a bum. Like I said, she's not a bum at all, but she's not an elite. She's not one of the greatest, you know, yeah. female fighters of all time. She got, she got subbed by Jermaine Duranamy. Yeah, exactly. You got subbed by Jermaine Durandamy. Now, yeah. Jermaine Durandamy, probably the best kickboxer outside of Holly Holm in, in women's MMA. Great fighter. And she, she she has a solid fight IQ too, so she probably saw the guillotine. But Jermaine, she does. She has no ground game. Like, But uh, Amanda Nunes, 13, uh, 23 wins, 5 losses, 13 by knockout, 4 by submission, and 6 by decision. Guys, it doesn't get better than that. She She's a legend. Like, yeah. The sport any, any way you slice it, for sure. The, the only... The only hit maybe is that some of the featherweight fights that she had were against you know, not the greatest competition. I mean, really, there aren't even uh, rankings at women's featherweight. But regardless, for anyone to win that many fights in a row and to do it in such dominant fashion is still very impressive. Yeah, I believe Nunes has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven title fight wins. Yeah. I, that, that might be the most. Uh, I think it is. Might Rou- be most I think Rousey. Ha- I think Shevchenko is the second most, and then Rousey's third, and then Jan Jacek is fourth, something like that. Yeah. But you know, if you say R- Rousey's not the goat, guys, if you're casual, she's the most important woman in make bar none, not close. But oh, for sure. No, no one will disagree with you in that. But Nunes is the best to ever do it. And I think if he, she didn't even she didn't lose to Pena, I think regardless of sex, she she could possibly be the greatest to ever do it. She's up there for sure. I, I think top five all time, regardless of gender or anything like that, man. I don't think there's you can't disagree with that, man. She, she's got a great resume, no doubt. What a legend! What a legend! Um, happy retirement to Amanda Nunes. Um, who should who should fight for her strap? I want Blanchfield because Blanchfield is going to be waiting out a while for uh, Grasso and Shevchenko to rematch. So I think Blanchfield needs to fight Juliana Pena for the title. Might as well just do it. I mean, Blanchfield is one of the most talented prospects that we've seen come through women's MMA in many years. And at this point, yeah, might as well move up. Just give her a shot. Why not? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't want. I don't want Blanchfield to sit around because I like watching her fight. She's great. Yeah. I, who who is uh, near the top of the rankings at bantamweight right now? I mean, the, the rankings at the top of bantamweight have been the same for ten years. Dude, Raquel Pennington, like uh, Rocky yeah. Pennington, Holly Holm, Ketlin Vieira, Arena Aldana, Yana Santos. Like, yeah, those six have been in the rankings. Ever since the rankings were developed, practically. 
Dude, I remember uh, like a year ago, Misha Tate was trying to do her whole comeback. We were like, yeah, Misha Tate's going to get back to the title. Like, that's delusional. You know? The on. problem with her, she, she went down to 25 and she got pieced up by Lauren Murphy due to the fact that she was slow. The, the weight cut destroyed her. And it's like, look, I, I'm not. Lauren, if, if you want a good story, look up Lauren Murphy. Like, great story. Yeah. But as a fighter, man, she's. She, she that fight could, should have been stopped by the ref in that uh Andrade fight, but yeah, yeah, man, uh, we're getting a little off track here. This is a long episode, and I'm not complaining whatsoever, <laughs> Toby. But Toby, do you have anything else to add to anything we've talked about today? Uh, yeah, there is one other thing. I Go don't ahead. think we mentioned it, but Corey Sanhagen is the man, the greatest guy in all of the UFC. Most respect for any fight. I. Cannot say enough good things about Corey Sanhagen. Him taking that fight against Umar Nurmagomedov is unbelievable. You know, the seven rankings down from him, possibly the most dangerous contender, not in the top five or top ten at Bantamweight. I mean, or in any division for that matter. Exactly, or in any division. And you just look at this guy's resume, the guys that he's fought, the fights that he's been in. I mean, Corey Sanhagen is just, you know, one of the best out there. So much respect for that guy. He's the man. Um... I think my gut tells me Sanhagen's going to time a knee when Umar, uh, Umar shoots for a takedown. That's possible because Sanhagen's oh, I would love, I would love to see that. Nothing against Umar. I mean, I'm I love against, Umar. You know, he's awesome. But he's my favorite good Dagestani one. Yeah, you know, he's uh, very striking heavy. Um, but man, Corey Sanhagen is just every fight he's in is so phenomenal. You know, I just, I really want him to win. Yeah, that'll be. And I think Umar, he can work his way back, too. I think even if he loses this fight, he will definitely work his way back through the rankings. I think a loss could be something that makes him 8 million times better. Yeah, 100%. Th- this is a That's a banger of a fight. Shout out Corey Sanhagen for taking one for the team. Uh, where's that fight going to be held? That is uh, on the Nashville card, I think. I think you're right about that. I I wanted that to be five rounds. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's not gonna be. I hope I hope they make it five rounds, bro. I think it might be the main event of that card. If I'm not it's, mistaken. It's Dos Anjos versus Luque. Oh, oh, it is. It is Sanhagen versus Namagamedov. Is that? That's right. And then the next week, um, it, Luque versus Dos Anjos is the main event in the Apex. Great Apex main event. Whew. Yeah, yeah. But man, a lot of good cards coming up. And the thing is, we don't we have cards every weekend until September. We're spoiled. We're really? spoiled. Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize that. That's pretty incredible. I think it ends with 293 and then yeah. um we get a break week break sadly. Yeah. But dude, this oh, Sanhagen versus Nemagomedov is going to be an awesome fight. That's going to be an awesome fight. Bozo's uh Bozo's on that card. Justin ja- Ooh, yes, Justin Jacoby. Um Saeed Nurmagomedov, Damon Jackson versus Billy Quarantillo, Ode Osborne, OSP versus Kudalaba. Dang. Ugh. Oh, um, did you happen to watch uh Yol Romero, his title fight against? Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Damn. Yeah. So Sergio Pettis looked great. Yeah, uh, shout out Sergio Pettis. That dude is legit. Yeah. Um I hope he comes back to the UFC, but I'm sure he's making gross money in Bellator. Yeah. The uh, guys that he's beaten recently, you know, Juan Archuleta, 
He had that um incredible spinning back fist over uh Kyoji Horiguchi. That and was now, gross. And now over Pitbull, man, like that's a quite a resume that he's building up for himself in Bellator. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Pitbull for trying to go three to fish champ, man. That's yeah, that's another level. But yo, I I yo around needs to wrestle, man. I'm sick and tired of him just standing there. Like, dude, it's doing nothing. He, when he took him down in the last minute, he, he was um, what's his face? Nemkov wasn't getting up. There's no, he wasn't getting up. He 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 went. He turned into a crotch sniffer to avoid any damage because he. Okay, grounded knees need to be allowed because that that BS wouldn't happen. Yeah, um, I mean, Romero and Aljo Sterling wouldn't be champ. Yeah, <laughs> although I do respect <laughs> Aljo, but I do too. Yeah, I mean Romero. He does that in so many of his fights where he just waits until like the final minute or final round and then he tries to pour it on and he shows all these skills off. But I just I don't know if he could hold that up over a five round fight. I just think at this point with his age, I just don't think his cardio would be good enough for that. And I mean, you know, we we're talking about guys that carry muscle mass earlier. I don't know if anybody carries more muscle than you all Romero, you know, <laughs> at the age of 46 too, I just don't see his cardio holding up for a five round fight. What what he did to Alex Polizzi was brutal. Yeah, and, and also Melvin uh, Manhoff. Poof. I mean, I just think his wins, even going into that, like Melvin Manhoff. I mean, this guy. He's remember, like forties. Melvin Manhoff's his age. I remember seeing Melvin Manhoff in like the early two thousands. That was his prime. That he was killing guys, and for him to be like a building block for Romero and uh, Bellator was kind of, uh, I don't know. I did not like that fight. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the fight either, man. The difference between him and someone like Yo Romero is that he, Yo, I think. I mean, Cubans are different, man. I don't know what it is about them when it comes to athletics, but they are strong and they just. And I think he was like, I think in the Joe in the podcast with Joe Rogan, he was like sent off to like sports camp or something like that. Something yeah, doing crazy. some experiments on him. Who knows, man. Um, I mean, he's got like a fused neck, doesn't he? He's got yeah, like... he has a fused neck. His his, his the tendons in his eyes are like three times thicker than a normal person's, I think. And like when he broke his oral bone, it was already healing by the time it got to the doctor, and it shouldn't heal that quickly. So, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Yo, Romero is just some something crazy. I mean, in the lab, bro. <laughs> who knows? You know, if there's anyone who may actually just be a freak of nature, not on steroids or anything, it could be Yoel. I mean, I know a lot of people speculate, but he might just be a true, truly a freak of nature. You know? Yeah, I love you, Mike. I love <laughs> you, Mike. <laughs> and he should have been champion. Like I love Robert Whitaker, but Romero definitely did win their second fight. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. Um, but man. Uh, and he he arguably won the Costa fight too. Yeah, that was a great fight. And maybe the Adesanya fight too. But there's no winners in that fight. Let's be honest here. No, no, they no. should have been cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the co-man. I mean, the co-man was phenomenal. Oof, yeah. Oof. yeah, I guess that's the price you got to pay. Uh, but where does Yoel Romero go from here, man? I think, I think if I think if the dude just figured out like. Oh my gosh, I'm a better wrestler than all these guys because he was beating Emkov up on the ground that last minute. Just take him down, dude. No one's gonna out wrestle you. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, where does he go from here? Maybe just become a wrestling coach. Maybe become a salsa instructor. I don't know. You know, <laughs> do do something fun with his life. You know, he's 46. 
Like he doesn't really have anything to prove. He had a fantastic career. He was an Olympian back in 2000, a silver medalist 23 years ago. So, yeah. you know, his... yeah, he got nothing else to prove, man. No, but last thing, um, he, he, some, some of his wins, Derek Brunson, uh, Brad Tavares. That's when Brad Tavares was a savage. Uh, Tim Kenny, Leota Machito, uh, Jacare, Souza, Chris Weidman, lost to Whitaker, then uh, defeated uh, Luke Rockhold. Uh, that was one of the most brutal knockouts ever. Oh, these are some savage finishes, man. Like the one against Brunson stands out to me because I've never seen anybody just elbow to the ribs just breaking a guy's ribs like that just boom boom i've never seen a finish like that i mean that's one of the more brutal finishes you'll ever was see yamasaki the ref for that one i think so it was either him <laughs> or masagati probably yeah uh lost to paula arguably beat paula costa probably beat robert whitaker in that second one uh no winners in the adesanya fight i'm not even gonna say is he won that because he didn't uh lost split decision to phil davis yeah, that's 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 a blip on the radar. I I forgot about that, and then it even happened two years ago. I know. I mean, if you look at Phil Davis, he's got a pretty good resume himself, though. Didn't he beat Bader? Dude, he's beaten Gustafson. He beat Glover. He beat uh, Little Nog. He's beat a lot of good guys. Yeah, that's true. You know, Cheetah? Phil Davis. Uh, shout out Phil Davis. He's from Harrisburg. Probably the only guy from Harrisburg, PA, that's ever made it to a high level of fighting. So, <laughs> yeah, he beat Glover Big too. Ups. Yeah, yeah, big ups to Phil Davis. Yeah, big ups to Phil Davis. Um, wait, I'm looking at Phil Davis's stuff. Dude, he's he, got a really, he's got a good record. They, they, Bellator did a, a Grand Prix in a night one time. What? Oh yeah, yeah. That's great. I didn't know it. He beat Mola Wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carl Albrechtson. Carl Albrechtson is underrated. But anyway, we got, we got a. I love talking to you, Toby, but we got to end this episode. So it's been, we've been going it's on been for a while. It's been a while, yeah. Shout out, Uel Romero. Shout out, <laughs> Uel Romero. Yeah, uh, if, if anyone uh, out there, if y'all have never seen him fight against uh, Tim Kennedy, definitely go watch that fight. Banger. That's the fight where he sat on the stool for like an extra minute. But regardless of that, it's still an incredible fight. So, Uel uh, Romero's the logo of this podcast, man. So shout out, Uel Romero. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Toby, thanks for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. Of course, brother. Of course. Of course. So Toby and I will be back. I'll try to get Jarrett back on. Um, but when we, when we come back, we're going to preview Fight Night Emmett versus Taporia. Banger. Can't wait. See you guys later.